you today about the curse of non-involvement. I don't mean to, uh, that, that Pastor Ron is here to curse anybody. I don't curse anybody. But, uh, but God, God does not play with people. God is very serious God. And, um, he, and he, uh, well, he means what he says and he says what he means. And, and when he gave the great commission, how I many know it wasn't just for missionaries? When he said go, he's talking to all of us. I said, if you're breathing, you are been told to go. Go into all the world and preach. In fact, the Greek is as you go, Matthew 28, 19, 20, as you're going. So along the way. So I don't care where you're going. You can be going to Walmart. Max, I can't stand to go to Walmart. I got to tell you. And Sam's is even worse. Every time I find out where it is, they move it. I was like, I'm like, you ever felt lost? I've been lost many a times at Sam's Wholesale. And if Costco wasn't so much, I'd transfer over. I still need to check it out. I don't want to get into that. We have half the church's Costco and the other one's Sam's. The enemies tried to divide the church. But something startled me on October 13th. A woman was raped on a commuter train near Philadelphia. Brutally attacked. Authorities say that it lasted for several minutes and and could have been stopped sooner had the other passengers on board called 911. It just startled me. Startled me. Instead, what police say is troubling sign that the state of our society, no witnesses intervened. Nobody got involved. In fact, some of them took out uh, their iPhones or whatever and their phones and they pointed it in the direction of the rape and the assault and, and videotaped it. I mean, it's a mixed up world. It's a confused world. Nobody got involved. Uh, it's unconscionable that nobody helped. Philip Zimbardo, a psychologist and professor emeritus at Stanford University, echoed similar remarks that the, that the local police had. It's, it's beyond your mind how somebody can watch, even videotape a young lady getting brutally raped on a commuter train and not do anything about it. And I think back to the 80s. I don't know if y'all remember this. Back in New York City. Mark, you remember that? From the buildings around, they were watching in the alley. A young lady was getting raped and brutally beaten. I think she was murdered. I'm not sure. But uh, Police go up into these buildings and interview. Did you see anything? I saw nothing. I didn't see nothing. I I mean, I don't want to be involved. I didn't see nothing. I didn't see nothing like that. And today I want to talk to you about the curse of non-involvement. It's our pre-mission service. You don't have an option. It's not the great suggestion. I need some help preaching today. I said, I need some help preaching today. Pastor, what do you want from me? Everything. What do you got? I don't care if it's Andrew's lunch of two fish and five loaves of bread. How many know the Lord needs it? He can take that little bitty bit. He can take your not enough, put it together with my not enough. And how many know we can have enough to feed 15,000? How many know God wants to do the miracle of bringing in the last day's harvest? Does anybody believe that? I mean, just a few minutes ago, we talked about the soon return of the Lord. I mean, soon. If there's anything about the rapture we should be emphasizing is that it's very soon. Which it should bring about an urgency for the church to get about the master's business. 
We're not here to play tiddlywinks. Some of you don't even know what that is. Pastor Bear, next Sunday, would you tell the youth group what tiddlywinks is? He probably, you don't even know, do you? I'm not even sure I know. But I found a profound verse in the Bible in Judges chapter 5. Deborah, how many know God can use women in the ministry? How many know God can use women in the mission? I don't know if y'all believe that. Behind a Jim Elliot was his wife. She's a missionary too. Kim Rojack is just as much a missionary as Phil Rojack. Help me out here. I got a big loud amen over there because she put an elbow, boom, right around. Mary's just as much a missionary as David, right? Lillian Trasher started an orphanage in Egypt, raised up an orphanage to change the world. Hold a Bunteen. God can use women in ministry. I wish somebody would help me out here. And God's about to declare war upon the enemies of God's people. We've been in a warfare, uh, we've been in, we've been in warfare, uh, series. And I think a lot of church people just think that this is just, uh, a series that means nothing. Listen, if there's ever been a day where warfare is so important, it's today. While we were worshiping for 15 minutes, how I many know oh, Satan was always, always already trying to distract, trying to get you out of the presence of the Lord. And while I'm preaching to you, you got texts coming in and thinking about something else. How I many know oh, you need to put everything out of your mind and listen to the preacher this morning? Listen to me. There's a curse that comes upon people who do not get involved in the fight. You better get involved in the fight. And the, the battle's not ours. How I many know oh, we heard that a thousand times? The battle's not mine, it belongs to the Lord. But doesn't exclude you, exempt you from actually getting involved in the fight. I know the Lord's, I mean, glad that the battle belongs to the Lord. But David is there. He has to, he has to, he, God used David, right? With his little talents and abilities to get involved. Whatever you got, whatever you have, Andrew, a little bag lunch, whatever you have, God wants to use it. And we're going to all go into missions convention together. But I wanted to share this word with you because it's startling to me. The people of God were under attack under Deborah and Barak, and uh, and the enemy harassed Israel so bad. Sisera, the king, and his fierce army of 600 chariots of iron, and, and God says, you know what? I'm declaring war against the enemies of my people. God has an answer. I mean, oh, he's going to declare war. Can I tell you on this day, God's declaring war on an evil culture. He's declaring war on all kinds of wickedness in high places. And he wants to involve us in the process. Say, Pastor Ron, can we help God out? Not one iota. I was telling my class this morning, when we come back with the Lord for the second return, the return of Christ, not the rapture, the return. We're riding up. We're mounted up with the Lord. We're behind the Lord. How many is with the Lord? How many plan to mount up and come back with the Lord? Well, you first have to get there first. Can't mount up and come back if you don't even get there. Is there anybody here rapture ready? So if you get there, then you mount up with your white robe and you get it, and we're riding back with God, ready for the battle of Armageddon, and we don't do anything. But on his vesture and on his thigh is written King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and a two-edged sword comes out of his mouth. I mean, oh, you don't have to help God out. It's not like God needs help, my friend. 
is that we need to be involved in the fight. We need to be involved in the fight. That's the point of this, and I hope you get it. And in this message, uh, it's just amazing to me, as God declares war against the enemies of his people. Uh, I, I just want to read it with you. It's a very invisible warfare, but why should we be involved in the battle? Deborah and Barak, chapter 5 of Judges, the son of Abinoam, sang on that day. How many of some of you just sang? Some of you didn't. If you came to church and didn't sing, I don't know what's wrong with you. Why would you go to church and not open your mouth and praise the Lord? Could have stayed home with your lips shut. For the leaders who took, this is what he sang about that day. For the leaders who took the lead in Israel. How many know God's going to have somebody stand up and take the lead? God's going to use somebody. Somebody's going to decide today to stand up and fight. Get involved in the battle. And so they were impressed. They were excited about the people who volunteered for battle. Bless the Lord. Somebody shout amen. Deborah's excited. Hear, O kings, listen, O rulers. I'm going to sing to the Lord, she said. I will sing praise to the Lord, the God of Israel. Lord, when you went out from Seir, when you marched, this is God marching, when you marched from the field of Edom, God is at war with the enemy here. Look what happened. The earth quaked and the heavens also dripped. Yes, the clouds dripped water and the mountains quaked at the presence of the Lord. Yes, this Sinai, at the presence of the Lord, the God of Israel. Awake, awake, Deborah says. Awake, awake, sing a song. Arise, Barak. And lead away your captives, you son of Abinoam. And then down marched the survivors to the nobles. The people of the Lord. I highlighted it. I underlined it. I made it as big as I could. The people of the Lord marched down for me against the mighty. God's excited when his people get involved in the fight. We know the battle belongs to the Lord. Is anybody getting any of this so far? From the heavens, the stars fought. Hey, I love that. I'm about to get excited. Y'all don't have to get excited with me, but I'm going to get excited all by myself. From the courses, they fought against Sisera, the king. The stars did. The torrent Kishon. Swept the enemy away. That's the river that got involved. The ancient torrent, the, the torrent Kishon. Oh, my soul, march on with strength, Deborah says. Then the horse's hoofs beat loudly because of the galloping, the galloping of his valiant and powerful steeds. Whatever belongs to the Lord getting involved. Look at verse 23. Curse Meroz, said the messenger of the Lord. The angel said, utterly, utterly curse its inhabitants because why? They did not come. To the help of the Lord. To the help of the Lord against the mighty. The curse of non-involvement. Just like the people on the train in Philadelphia. Stood around while a young innocent girl got raped. The people of God can't afford to stand around. While lives are being ripped apart. And souls are being stripped of dignity. And thrown into pieces of brokenness. Curse Meroz. So the setting was that God was declared war on his enemies. Which is those who attacked Israel. Did you know that God is at war with who is at war with you? And Satan is at war with you. The Bible says he goes about like a roaring lion. Seeking whom he may devour. We told you last week and the week before and the week before that. 
Satan's job is to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life. So God's fighting for you. Does anybody believe God's fighting for you today? He's fighting for you. Well, he don't intend for you to stand there with your hands in your pockets like Meraz. Sierra the king, 600 chariots of iron attacked Israel, and God said, not on my watch. He got involved. The battle belongs to the Lord. But listen now, I've never seen how God's creation got involved with him in this battle until this day. I hope you can love this as much as I did. The people willingly offered themselves to fight. I wonder at Oak Grove Assembly of God on this missions convention kickoff, is there anybody here willing to get involved? I said, is there anybody here willing to get involved in the fight? What fight? The fight to rescue souls from hell. The fight against Buddhism and all the other isms and, and Islam and, and wickedness in high places. How I many know we, they're not just going to walk in. We've got to pray them in. We've got to love them in. We've got to fight for the lost. Is anybody fighting for you? I thank God I had a girlfriend who got saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, and fought in the heavenlies on behalf of her boyfriend and her whole family. And we all got saved. How many still believe in the power of prayer? Victory comes in fighting the fight. In fact, when Paul dies, he said he has finished his course. He has kept the faith. He has fought a good fight. It's a good fight. I said, it's a good fight because it's good news. How many know it's a good thing to do to be involved in the harvest of God? It's a good thing to do. But Satan lies to us and says things like, you're, you're not capable. You're not worthy. You're not equipped. You're not adequate. All you have is two fish and five loaves. How are you going to feed 15,000 people with two fish and five loaves of bread? I don't know, but somehow it happened. And if you develop a mindset of Philip and all you think about is money, I mean, it's not going to happen in the secular, in the natural. Come on now. This battle we battle is not carnal. It's mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. It's a supernatural battle. That's why we need a supernatural God. So, so this is it. The people willingly offered themselves. Nobody had to beg them. Nobody had to plead with them. They willingly offered themselves to join the battle and march into the field and fight the battle right up. Verse uh, 4 said that when God, is this going out? Sound like it's going out? Verse 4 says, whenever God went to war, the earth noticed it. Not only did the people of God on earth get involved, the earth got involved. This has just got me because it blew my mind. And the earth began to tremble. Can I tell you, God has at his disposal. God has access to everything. The wind and the seas obey. And the whole planet Earth began to shake and quake. And the enemy started shaking. What's going on? What's going on? How many know you can't stand in battle when the whole Earth under you is trembling? The Earth said, if my God creator is involved in the battle, I'm getting involved. And the Earth began to quake and tremble. If God, my creator, is going to war, I don't care who he's going to war with. I'm not sitting idly by and watching. And the earth began to shake and began to quake. And you can imagine trying to fight under you and the ground under you is shaking like an earthquake. No stability. I mean, no God can take the stability right from underneath your enemy. God can do it. Use it any way he wants to. Not only that, but the, the Bible says that the heavens dropped. The heavens dropped. It's a reference to the dew and the fog that blinded the enemy. Then when he came in, and all of a sudden the heavens dropped. How I many know God can make the heavens drop? 
He's sovereign God. He has power over everything. And the heavens dropped. They couldn't even see their face in front of them. How is your enemy going to do anything to you if God has all of creation fighting with you? Amen? And so God doesn't play fair. When he decides to fight, he's got the ground under enemies shaking. It's like when creation knows who their creator is, and when they saw God fighting the enemy, God's people getting involved, then Scripture says the heavens came low. Fog set in. They can't even see. And then the clouds. And then the clouds got involved. What can clouds do? Clouds can't preach. Clouds can't evangelize. Clouds can't play a piano. But they can drop rain on the enemy. Come on, I wish somebody helped me out here. You say, Pastor, I can't get involved in the harvest. I can't get involved in missions. What can I do? I'm just a cloud. I know some of you are a dark cloud. I mean, every day, chicken little, the sky is falling. I know you got a depressive, defeated spirit. I mean, you got to get your head out of the clouds, right? Get your head in the game. We have a we have a fight to win. Does anybody here believe redemption's going to win in the end? God's going to have himself a church, and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. The question is not, is God going to have a church? The question is, is the church going to be a part of it? Is it going to help? Can you get involved? The clouds. Well, if God's going to fight, they said, then I'll get in the fight. I don't know what I can do, but I can't swing an axe. I can't greet. I don't have any money to give. But I can rain. And a rain came. And I mean a downpour. And it got those chariot wheels caught spinning in the mud holes. And the enemy couldn't go anywhere. Nothing but one big mess. How many know the, that the Lord himself can set you up? How many know sovereign God can set you up where your enemy gets confused? How many times do we see that in the scripture? Where the Lord confuses the enemy. And they get to turn on themselves. The rain got involved. I'm going to... Bring down precipitation and cause the enemy to be so messed up they won't even know whether they're coming or going. I'm going to war with God. And then the rain clouds drop water. And then the mountains and the mountains laid low. Got rid of all the caves to hide in. The enemy hides in caves. How many know the devil's always lurking about and hiding and tricking and, and setting up snares and devices and schemes and plans to hit you and to hit you hard and to hurt you and to stop you or slow you down or ruin your family. If he can't get you, he'll try to get your kids. If he can't get your kids, try to get your grandkids. Is anybody hearing me today? No, you're not. I'm telling you, Satan is playing for keeps, but God has a a whole creation ready to get involved in the fight. How about you? If they tried to hide and run, the caves said, I know, I'm going to lay low, and you ain't going to be able to go anywhere. Not using me for cover. Can I just say, when God wants to bless you, he uses people. And when Satan wants to curse, he uses people. Who are you being used by? That's a good question. Are you Judas? you have a Judas spirit? you have an Absalom spirit? What spirit are you of? Whose side are you on? Are you on the world's side or on the Lord's side? It's quiet in here, folks. But everything's cooperating with God because God's fighting his enemy. And Deborah said, I'm going to sing my song. Say, hey, say, hey. So, so, so some denominations don't say women can get involved. Deborah said, I beg to differ. I oppose. I'm going to sing my song for God. I don't care if you're a man or a woman, boy or girl. Old person or young person or somebody in the middle. I mean, oh, God can use you.
Educated, uneducated. Assemblies of God was built on uneducated people living on the wrong side of the city. People throwing tomatoes at them. 300 pastors from little bitty old churches and came together in Hot Springs, Arkansas. And you know what they had the audacity to say? That from here, from the Assemblies of God in 1914, we're going to build a fellowship that's going to shake the world. And from though, from that little humble beginning, 300 pastors, we now have 68 million adherents around the world. How many know God can take little and make it much? That doesn't excite you, but it excites me. If our forefathers and foremothers could hear and know and see, they would turn over in their grave excited. Yet it doesn't move us. It doesn't move us. Whose side are you on? I've got a song in my heart. Amen. I've got a message to preach. Maybe you're running from God today. Maybe God's called some of you. Not to come and tend church and stare at me while I preach and you wonder why I'm sweating and screaming and why I get so excited. How many know there's people to get out of the grip of hell? That's why. It's urgent. Jesus is coming. If you really believed it, I said if you really believed he was coming, you would do more. You would do more. You'd do something at least besides staying there with your hands in your pockets like murals. Mm. The stars got involved. All the creations on the Lord's side cooperating. The stars got involved. I had to hurry up here. Deborah started singing. I ain't got time to mess with her. Verse 19 says, the stars fight from heaven. The stars refuse to move. Huh. I mean, oh, God, God can make the stars stop moving. So what does the stars moving have to do with it? That's how they found direction in that day. Remember, the Magi followed the star all the way to Jesus in, the, in, the Be- in Bethlehem. That was their navigation system. Follow the stars. And the stars said, if my God is marching into war, I refuse to move. I'm not helping them get any navigation. No GPS here. We'll take your GPS right away from you. The enemy won't know where we're at. It's amazing to watch the, all of creation get involved in the fight. They're fixed. That's how people got around back then. And, 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 but this day, the stars said, no, not on my watch. If my creator, the one who named me and hung me and named me by name, calls the Bible, uh, uh, calls the Bible says that he, he named every star, right? I said, the Bible says he named every star, right? The stars got together and said, what can we do? We ain't going to move. Like some of you bullheaded people, you know, I'm not moving. This is where I sit every Sunday, and I don't care who comes to church. I'm not moving. Jesus can walk in. He can go to the front. I'm staying right where I'm at. And the stars said, well, if my creator is fighting, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hide behind something. Not only did they not move, the stars began to turn the dimmer switch on. Whew. God has power. Eh? Anybody see the power of God here? And you think you got a fight? You think you got an enemy that cannot be defeated? I mean, oh, God can take care of any problem you face today. He's got access to all of creation. And so? This is this, this is this deal that he shut down their direction and, uh, and the fog was already on them. He brought down the lights. The earth shaking under them. It's raining. The enemy's in a mess. And anybody here glad to know that the enemy is in a mess? Because whenever God starts blessing, the enemy starts messing. 
And you better know that it's just more than just you and me. But we are the church of the living God. How I many know we are the church of the living God? And all of creation's involved. How about you? Is that enough, Pastor? Well, I don't know. God reigns over all. The river got involved. Said, I'm going to make an undercurrent so great that when they get in the river, it's going to drown every single one of them. How I many know he did it, the Red Sea? And how I many know God can do it again? I said, how many remember when the, the Israelites got in the ocean and God, oh, departed it? He didn't, he didn't remove the sea. He just parted it. Some of you waiting for God to remove you from your obstacles. And God wanting you to go right through it. He'll make a way where there is no way. Does anybody believe this? And he'll get all of creation in there. This river started running wild <laughs> after the enemy. If God's in the battle, bless God, the enemies are, are my enemies. God's enemies are my enemies. I'm going to start running wild. There'll be an undercurrent so strong, I'm going to drown every single one of them. I just love this. I just love this, the way uh, the writer is writing this. I'm going to shove them in the river. I'm going to take them under. I'm going to drown them. I'm going to fight with God. The river's even got in. Here's why I'm saying this. There seems to be this sick notion in our culture that even the devil himself is so nice, we're going to not treat him badly. There's this, this tolerance over wickedness. It's a tolerance over wickedness. And you can coddle and you can cuddle rebellion all you want to. God's not going to have any part of it. And the church is just rocked to sleep while people are putting on um, uh, 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 sheep's clothing, bunch of wolves coming in and, and savaging and ravaging the church. And we act like nothing's going on. Homie, no, there's a real devil out there. Wake up, wake up, is what Deborah's saying. Awaken, look at all creation is in the battle. You got to get involved too. You don't have a, you don't have an exemption. You don't have an exemption. Heaven's declared war. And when heaven declares war, how many know everybody ought to be involved? <laughs> at least get in agreement to fight. They're not sitting idly by watching the battle. They get involved. I want to tell you today that heaven has declared war on demonic I said, God has de- declared war on every evil, false teaching there is. That the church can stomach it and, and tolerate it, but how many know God will not tolerate it? I say, Pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying we love every Buddhist out there, but we hate Buddhism. I'll look in the mirror and tell you, hey, we hate every Buddhist. We, we love every Buddhist. I don't hate a Buddhist. I, I love Buddhist. I hate Buddhism. I love every Muslim, but I hate Islam. I don't think y'all are helping me out here. I don't understand this. The Pope said the other day that even the atheists are going to heaven. Well, if the atheists are going to heaven, can I resign now and just go party? Why am I trying so hard, Mac? If the atheists got a door, open door to heaven, what am I doing here? That is the compassion, the ignorant stupidity I'm talking about. Atheists are not going. No man who denies God is going to see God. A fool has said in his heart, there is no God. He's not a born-again believer. So you got something against the Pope? I don't even know the Pope. Biden knows the Pope. Met him this week. I don't know if he had confession with him. I don't know what he did with him. None of my business. The Pope has to answer to God just like Ron Miranda. 
But if you put out a message and you're a leader of the largest religious organization in the world, and you put out or call yourself Christian, you put out a message that even the atheists are getting going to heaven. What kind of hope are you giving? Can I talk to the atheist just a minute? You might have been a young boy or girl, grew up at camp. God saved you and called you. You got into you got into university and they tricked you, tricked you, and they they suddenly lied to you. And you began to search and you found out. You thought you're smarter than God. You're not smarter than God. But you understand this preacher loves you, and so does Oak Grove Assembly of God. And we want you to know atheism is a lie from the pit of hell. And God has, he's declared war. And we agree with him. We love you, and we want you to come to church. You can sit on the front row with me or my wife. Boy can sit with me, girl sit with my wife. I'm glad to talk to you today. Just because you're lost in your mind doesn't mean you can be lost in your soul. You can get saved. How many know God can save an atheist? But until the atheist gets saved, he's not going to heaven. Oh, I need a lot more help here. Demonic activity. He's, he's declared war on carnality. I wish I had a witness here. Heaven has declared war on sorrow and guilt and condemnation. Heaven has declared war on addiction and alcoholism and depression and fear. Are we going to be involved? Heaven has declared war on abortion. I told my class this morning, don't worry. Every little baby is going to go straight to heaven when the rapture comes. Some of you believe it. And those who have aborted babies, I mean, oh, there's redemption for you. You see how that is? That's called the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not ignorant compassion. But our world's trying their best to save Willie the whale while killing the little baby. I scratched my head. I went to seminary. still don't understand that. Why would you save a whale and kill a life? Because you're ignorant. And that's what's going on. But God says... Heaven has declared war on carnality and lukewarmness. How many know it's time for the church to wake up and smell the roses? Get a clue. And if you're a preacher out there and you're preaching all this acceptance and tolerance, you need to get saved because you're going to answer to God one day. And I want to speak because early in the morning, the Lord spoke to me about somebody online. You could be in the house, but he specifically said in my spirit, they were online. And I want to talk to you because if you're not involved, because you've been running from the call of God. And ever since you've been a little boy or girl, God called you and you've been running like Jonah. And God says, today you need to turn around. That's from the Lord for whoever you are. And if you're in the house, it's for you. I mean, it's not time to be running the wrong way. This is the time to get involved. And you say, Pastor, I don't have a call to do preach and go be a missionary or whatever. No, but we all, every Christian is a minister. Every one of us has been commissioned. Every one of us have to be involved in the fight to rescue the perishing, to save the dying. Everybody needs to do three things. Uh, well, you know, he declared war on sexual sin. We don't want to get into that, my Lord, and other things that destroy families. Oh, we need everybody on deck. Everybody needs to be involved. How can you be involved, Pastor? Well, you can enlist. Enlist. Can I tell you something, folks? In the military, in every little tiny community in the United States of America, 
They have offices for the National Guard, for the Army, Air Force, the Marines, the Navy. Who am I missing? All of them. All the armed forces. And they go into high school and they, re, and, they, and, they, and, they, and they recruit. Is anybody hearing me? They recruit young boys and girls. You want to be in the Army? You want to be in the Navy? My brothers tried to recruit me. All of my brothers went to the Navy. And I wasn't saved yet. I was about 18. And they were talking to me. You know, what you need to do, Ronnie, what you need to do is go into the military. You need to go into the Navy. And I said, how's that working for y'all? It didn't work out for them that well either. I thank God for everybody who served. Help me out. And I appreciate the military because it makes a young man grow up, a young woman grow up. Help us. But the Lord recruited me to the army, the army of the Lord. I went to Bible school, and here I am, your pastor, because the Lord is in the battle. I said there is need for people of God to get involved in the work of God. Jesus said, I must be about my master's business, the father's business. And so if they have the audacity to recruit in every little old town, you go to any town. There are recruitment offices all over. You go to Springfield. You'll find the Navy, the Air Force, the Marines, everybody. Everybody's recruiting. They want, you know why? There's a war going on or a potential one coming. Or we already had a thousand. We need soldiers is what we need. We don't need, we don't need, we don't need people coming to church just looking, onlookers, standing around gazing. What are we doing? What are we doing? I don't know what to do. What are we doing? What are we supposed to be doing? What are you? Are you really that imbecilic? You don't know what we're supposed to be doing? We're supposed to be involved in the harvest. What does that mean? Enlist and you'll find out. Sign up. Sign up. If you listen, one thing God's not gonna do that the military did do a draft. We got desperate in America. We draft young men and women. You know why they drafted them? Help me out. Nobody volunteered. Or not enough. So they drafted it. Uncle Sam said, I want you. I want you, and I'm going to get you. And I thank God for every man and woman, boy and girl, who signed up. A lot of young people. In fact, my dad signed up for the Army. He was 17, and the recruitment officer said, put 18 on there. And so he did. And he went in the Army. I don't know if that's legal. But God's dad's in heaven or somewhere. And so it's over. That's done. Here's the deal. You have to enlist. You have to get involved. Say, Pastor, I don't know what to do. Well, there's three things you can do. You can pray. I'm talking about warfare prayer, not little baby. Now I lay me down to sleep. Pray my soul. You know, my Lord, the soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, pray the Lord's soul to take. Or bless this food I'm about to receive. I'm not talking about that. Or the rosary, or the rosary, going around saying the same thing a thousand times. I'm talking about warfare praying. You don't know what warfare praying is until you have a need of it. Let your kids get on drug. You'll learn what warfare praying is. You'll be praying them out of that hole. Warfare prayer. And you can, you can give. You can give to missions. Maybe you can't go. We do have a trip to Garden Sydney. You can't go to Garden City. You probably can't go anywhere. I mean, this is a picnic, a walk in the park. I think we might face some devils. 
We're not really not going there to tip cows. I was joking. We're going there, taking our summer, taking our time, taking our vacation, and we're going over there, and we're going to win souls for Jesus. We're going to get you involved in the harvest. We're going to get you involved. You can pray. You can go. You can give. You can get involved. You can get involved. You can invest money. Well, I don't have a lot of money. I can barely, I can barely pay my tithe. Listen, if you're struggling paying tithe, you really are on the elementary side of your walk with God. If you struggle with tithing, you're super duper in kindergarten, not even kindergarten. I mean, tithing is a no brainer. It's a no brainer. Well, I can't tithe. I can't pay my bills. The reason you can't pay your bills is because you hadn't learned the principle of God's word. And so it's backwards. I know you can't understand God's economy because it's a supernatural kind of thing. It's not how much you give. It's if you give or not. You get the same reward for sowing as you do for reaping. I don't care if you give a dime or a dollar. And I think it's pretty cool that God made a flat tax, if you please. 10%, everybody. Max has to give 10%, so do I. So it's a flat tax. God's flat tax, Max. We should put that in our book that we write one day. God's flat tax. So what does that mean? Well, it means if you make a, a dollar, you give him a dime. If you make a million, I, I can't count that high. I can't even imagine that, okay? But not one of us need to stand with our hands in our pockets. That's the point. Watching the battle, doing nothing, standing idle. What I'm saying to you is when all this happened, suddenly the Bible said the angel noticed everything God was doing, creating uh, creation was fighting the battle. Every person was involved and willing to fight the battle. But watch this. The one tribe, one tribe arose. And the scripture said in verse 23, the angel noticed them standing idle, their hands in their pockets, doing nothing at a time when God was decided to go to war. And they're standing there doing nothing but watching. Everything in the earth was getting involved. Except this tribe. And the angel, under the inspiration of the word of God, says, I curse you, Moreau. I curse you, the tribe of Moroz. I curse you, this people of Moroz. I curse you bitterly. I place a curse upon you. Why? Why? What were they doing? Not what they were doing. It's what they were not doing. They were standing inactive when God was in the battle. He cursed them bitterly because God said, I'm in a battle and you're not going to help the Lord. You're not going to help the Lord, really? I remember Moses saying, who's on the Lord's side? He drew a line. Who's on the Lord's side? Come on this side. And listen, today, as we approach the day of the Lord, the coming of the Lord, how many know that gray area is starting to, to fizzle out? There's no more neutrality in the, hey, there's no neutrality in the kingdom of God. You're either in the world or you're in the Lord. You're the Lord's side or the world's side. And if you're tolerating sexual sin and any kind of sin and tolerating all kind of foolishness and teachings, you're on the world's side. You need to get on the Lord's side. So. When God declares war, and he has, it's time for his people to willingly give themselves. And this, and this teaches us that if we don't get involved, the curse comes upon us, a bitter curse. Nobody can stand in a time like this and not be involved. Does anybody here believe we're in the last days? Do you believe Satan's assault is like so wicked today, more than it seemingly ever has in our lifetime? If you don't, your eyes are closed, your head's in the sand. an all-time high against the kingdom of God. 
Matthew 12 puts it like this. Jesus said, he who is not with me is against me. He that does not gather with me scatters abroad. In other words, Jesus is saying there's no neutrality in the time like this. If heaven has declared war on sin, uh, how many know we need to as well? Satan's destroying people's lives. And we can't see it. We say, oh, well. Oh, well. And, and, and I know I've heard it all. Pastor, there's so many lost people. Seven billion people on the planet and three hundred and uh, three and a half billion of them are lost. Three and a half billion of them are lost. So many. Well, what if three and a half billion are saved? If one can send a thousand to flight, two can send ten thousand. Am I with the right bunch here? So, I'm done preaching, I think. No middle ground. Chrissy and the worship team can come back. You got to get in or you got to get out. You cannot sit on the sidelines without a curse coming upon you. I know it's pretty strong. I know it's pretty strong. The greatest battle we have is not with sin, not with Satan, our society. The battle we have is with self. I met the enemy and it is I. I know that to be true because when Jesus was at the Last Supper and he said to the disciples, 12 of them around the table, he said, one of you will betray me. Each one of them said, is it I? What, just Judas? <laughs> Judas knew it was him. But Peter said, is it I? Bartholomew, is it I? What were they saying? They were saying that they have the potential as anybody else. They have the same potential to betray the Lord as Judas did. And if you're sitting idly by, your spirit is... Is somehow is uh, you have you have uh, your spiritual growth has been impaired. Something something wrong. Death, this death signs of anemic. And so, if the stars are fighting and the horses tramping and the earth shaking and the clouds raining and the rivers running, why in the world would not the blood bought Church of Jesus Christ stand up and fight with God? That's what I'm asking today. Would you stand with me today? You're in a battle for your life. I don't want the curse of Miraz to be on anybody in anybody's family. But if you stay there and do nothing, all you have to do to go to hell is do nothing. Make no decision for Christ. Because no decision for Christ is a decision to not have Christ. You have to make a decision for Christ. And once you get saved, you got to get involved in the kingdom. Get involved in the kingdom. I wish some of you would come on Sunday nights where they study on the kingdom of God. It is incredible to think about how much there, there is to do in the kingdom. So, Pastor Ron, there's not room for me. I don't have time on Sunday night. I mean, I'm busy. You ain't no more busy than the rest of us. Well, you don't know how important the things I have to do. I got to get up in the morning and go to work. So does half the world. Well, I used to say half the world, but half the world's not going to work now. Half the world. But can I tell you if I had a big old sign on the church out there it would say, Help wanted. Everywhere I drive, it would say, We're hiring, we're hiring, we're hiring, we're hiring. Help wanted, help needed, help needed. Everywhere I look, has anybody else seen that? Well, there's one today at Oak Grove Assembly of God. Help wanted. Help needed. God needs you. He wants you in the in the kingdom. We do too. We need you. All you have to do is apply inside. Harvest is plenteous, but the laborers, they're few. So Jesus had one prayer request. I give it to you as we close here. 
Pray ye the Lord of the harvest. They're sheep without a shepherd. So pray ye the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers into the harvest. Some of you are going to get a call to God on your life today. A a genuine divine call of God to step out of where you are into something kingdom work maybe. Or maybe just to get off the the pew and and do something different. Just do anything different. Just do, just stand up during worship and just shock, shock me to death. There's a high unemployment rate in the church. So, God's going to war. Is there anybody here who will enlist, who invest? Come on. Is anybody here saying, Pastor, you can count on me. You can count on me. I want to be involved.